politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard, just like our forefathers, our life, liberty, and property here at CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today. It is Wednesday, the 22nd of February. Always a good day to focus on what matters in the way it matters at the time it matters. If you want to join one of our legislative Liberty Strike Force teams, go to conaction.network. Uh, we're still looking for team leaders in Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Texas. So we got a lot of states out there, Mississippi as well, but we got a lot of other red states. We're making progress. But the more we make progress and do the surgery, the more we see how far the rot is. And I will tell you, Consider how much tyranny you are willing to accept or ignore. And that, my friends, is the degree of tyranny that will be imposed upon you. That's the reality. And you look very clearly what we fight for, we usually succeed. What we don't, we don't succeed. So this is how, I mean, we're flummoxed by this question. What is it going to take to end the genocidal COVID policies, and all the things it implicates. How have we gone through this? Oh, yeah, that was harmful and not helpful, but it's still on the books. Wait, what? Where's the impetus to, to deal with it? What is it going to take? This is what we're struggling with. We could pass around all the latest studies and information, and it doesn't work. It's just like we're, I think it's literally today, a year into the Ukraine lie. It became very apparent that this thing was wrong. And even a year later, you're barely getting a handful of House Republicans to start saying, hey, we're spending too much money there. When that's the, I mean, that's a problem, but it's, we're literally doing the wrong thing and we're funneling money, money to something really nefarious. You got the Ukrainian biolabs almost a year ago. They admitted they're there right after COVID. What are we doing about it? It's like literally going through 9-11 and not banning box cutters on a plane. 3,000 people were killed. With this, millions upon millions of people were killed. And there is no impetus to get rid of all of DOD's gain-of-function and biolabs, to get rid of their vaccine gain-of-function, to get rid of the biomedical security state, the biomedical surveillance state, the mandates, the emergency powers, the mask, the vaccine mandate... Nothing. So this is, this is really bizarre. And we're going to talk about what is it going to take? What is it going to take to change policies? So they could literally admit, yeah, the idol doesn't work. The pagans knew that idols didn't talk, didn't work, but they worshiped them anyway. If you don't match their intensity with our intensity on the policy and legal level and just the political will, Nothing's going to matter. And this is the 2020 vision you hear only here at Sierra Podcast. And while I do that, I want you guys to really have 2020 vision with Rodenstock frames from America's only conservative eyewear company, Better Spectacles. They are offering the world's gold standard exclusively in the U.S. for the first time. Rodenstock scientists, they use biometric research to measure your eye in over 7,000 points. They've taken the findings from over a million patients, 
And unlike Pfizer's trials, they actually have products that are are truly safe and effective. Um, I wear a Rodenstock from Better Spectacles. My wife does. My oldest son it, it makes you see up to 40% better at near and intermediate distances. Um, the more I spend time on screens and reading my whole life, you know, my eyes always get worse. So I cannot recommend these enough. What do you do? If you want what I have, go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment. It's amazing. They can do it all online now. You don't even have to leave your home. Don't settle with your eyesight. Go big with biometrical intelligence glasses from Better Spectacles. Uh, if you go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative, you'll get an introductory 61% off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. That's progressive eyewear from America's only conservative eyewear company, betterspectacles.com slash conservative. So, folks, there is a op-ed from Brett Stevens in the New York Times on basically how masks are stupid. We know they didn't work. The people who had the courage to say as much deserve to be listened to, not to be treated with contempt. They may not ever get the apology they deserve, but vindication ought to be enough. That's a big deal. The New York Times even has that printed in their op-ed section. Except I would say vindication is not enough. This is the problem. We're being vindicated on everything. But we're still playing defense. Forget about the fact that we should be playing offense. I mean, we should have it in place that there should be criminal penalties for anyone who pushes this. Frankly, masking should be banned in the public square. Fun fact. You have an unalienable right not to be forcibly masked. You don't have an unalienable right to wear something. You don't have a right to a positive action. It's free from restriction. So if a state has a legitimate reason, which there is, it's just inhumane. There's tons of articles written of problems with robbers and burglars uh, because they're able to ensconce themselves among the population. But instead, we can't even have a don't tase me, bro, Bill. In more than half the red states, we still haven't banned them in schools. We haven't banned them from the books from this ever coming back again. And in every single state, it's still there in the hospitals. That's the worst setting. Where you're supposed to be medically sound and scientifically prudent. And you know this causes harm. You know it doesn't work. Still being done in medical settings. How How do we do this? How do we allow this to go on? Even Florida hospitals, it's still going on. The governor of Florida is the only one who announces intent to end it. The problem is their session doesn't begin for another maybe two weeks. They begin later than everyone else. Um, otherwise, it would have been banned. Why he doesn't do it executively, I'm not sure. Maybe he, you know, because a lot of other states, they do have lawsuits and the courts are screwing with it. So maybe he feels it's better just to do it with the legislature, put your be- best foot going forward. But to this day, there is no other governor that is even giving an inkling that they plan to ban this so it's going to go on indefinitely. You have the New York Times to the right of red state governments. And the few places we tried it, we got shot down, like in Wyoming. Because we don't fight for it. And and, and let me give you 
a perfect illustration, a vivid illustration of this in the state of West Virginia, of how you get what you fight for, you secure commensurate to what you what you sow, you reap what you sow. In the same week that there was a bill, SB 10, it passed the West Virginia House. So this is a campus carry bill. You're allowed to carry guns on campuses. It passed 84 to 13. So it's pretty much party lines. You know, maybe they lost one Republican, but pretty much party lines. 84 to 13, overwhelmingly. You could carry a gun. You could carry a gun on a campus. Yet, look at how backwards this is. Yesterday, so there's a bunch of bills, medical freedom bills, that are being holed up in Amy Summers' committee, the House Health Health Committee. HB 2036 is one of them. It provides for a religious exemption for vaccines. West Virginia is one of only two states. Mississippi, the other one, red states. They don't have a religious exemption. Now, a lot of states, even if they do, they give you problems. It's not so great. It it ranges. But they don't have any religious exemption. This would just make a religious exemption. And it's being bottled up. So they wanted to vote to discharge it from committee. And you could do that in most states. On the floor, you could if you, you could vote to discharge it. Sometimes you need a majority. Sometimes you need 60%. So the vote was motion to table the discharge. So a yes vote was to kill the bill. So you wanted a no vote. It was 63 to 33, meaning only 33 of the 88 Republicans, a little bit more than a third, voted to affirm religious conscience. I know some will say, well, you know, they were just voting against the discharge petition. They didn't want to circumvent the committee process. But give me a break. There's no evidence that's coming out of committee. Um, But this is the point. So think about that. In the state of West Virginia, if you're a college kid, you could get needle raped and strapped down, jabbed with hemlock poison, and have your mouth covered, kind of like a rape victim too. But you could carry your gun. You could carry your gun while you have your forced gene juice that alters your DNA and you cover your mouth and nose on campus. That, my friends, is red state America embodied. It's so doesn't it's it's so backwards, right? I mean, one's a positive, one's a negative, and I understand you have a right to self-defense, but the point is, what's the difference? One, we created an expectation that you cannot win a primary if you are on the other side of the gun issue. But with this stuff, somehow we're fine with it. So you get what you vote for. Unbelievable. Exactly commensurate with the amount of tyranny, the degree of of fascism you're willing to accept or be okay with, acquiesce to, come to peace with, come to terms with, ignore. That is the degree of tyranny that will be imposed upon you. Now, one degree of tyranny you don't have to have imposed upon you unless you want it is to have the spying big tech companies like AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon 
own your phone. How about if you switch to America's only Christian conservative a phone company like we've been pushing for so long here to be part of this movement, Patriot Mobile, they're actually now offering service with all three major networks. So this means if you're with the big three and you like this service but hate their values, you access them through Patriot Mobile. So you're not paying for those who hate you. You're paying for those that actually give your money to legal defense for pro-family, pro-life values. Um, and they offer a performance guarantee so you could always switch back if you don't like it. Again, they offer the same coverage. Make this year, 2023, a new year to resolve to stop supporting companies that don't share your values. And certainly when you have a rare circumstance like this where you have a major service that everyone needs, that you have this choice, utilize it. Um, how do you do it? Well, Patriot Mobile, patriotmobile.com slash CR, as in conservative review, or call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's patriotmobile.com slash CR. Call 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with offer code CR. Make the switch today. So, folks, nothing matters. Nothing matters. Policies don't update with the facts. Because if we don't force the facts, we're not governed by facts, just like we're not governed by the rule of law. We're governed by political will. It's like, it's amazing. So you know Molnupiravir, that's Merck's drug that is poison. Everyone agrees it's mutagenic. It stunted the growth of the lab rats in the, in the, in the, <laughs> in the study. And they approved it anyway. If you remember, they admitted at the ASIP hearing, um, and at the, you know, the, or maybe it was, the, yeah, no, I think it was the CDC advisory or the FDA advisory committee hearing they admitted it's a problem, but we're going to prove it anyway. To this day, no one utilizes it, thankfully. They utilize the other poison, Paxlovid. But they still got it $1.2 billion. And it still hasn't been taken off the market. And technically, a pharmacist could dispense it without a prescription. It's literally poison. So it's the funniest thing. I'm going to read to you from a Merck press release. Um, where is this? They had a phase three MOVA head trial evaluated people who did not have COVID at baseline. And they wanted to see if it works to stop you from getting COVID. And they found, they announced today that Lagervio, that's the brand name for Molnupiravir, did not demonstrate a statistically significant reduction in the risk of COVID-19 following household exposure. Results from the post-exposure prevention study are scientifically interesting as we continue to learn more about COVID-19. <laughs> They're interesting. It's unreal. But it continues anyway. By the way, there's this report out there from this Indian doctor. I have to verify it, but it's been all over the internet um, saying that they're seeing Merck buy up all the ivermectin companies in India because mainly... Uh, what you're seeing ivermectin uh, being dispensed from are these Indian companies. So Merck is buying them up to shut them down um, because they don't want it. Even though Merck originally, um, you know, had the patent on the drug when it was on patent. I mean, this is just crazy. It's like, yeah, this thing doesn't work and it kills you. It's scientifically interesting. Facts don't matter. Pfizer launches new branded Paxlovid ad. 
They're now blanketing the airways for Paxlovid. It, every famous person who took it literally got the rebound. 30 categories of contraindications. It gives you a metallic taste in your mouth. There's one study that shows it causes blood clots. And the FDA granted Paxlovid an exception to the rule that an EUA product cannot be advertised. They're allowed to advertise an experimental drug that already seems to have problems, both on safety and efficacy, and all the contraindications, and they could blanket the airwaves with the money they got from taxpayers. Again, there's nobody in Congress saying, hey, uh, should we maybe research all of the ways that we are funding our genocide the relationship with the FDA and, and Pfizer and the money we give them and what they do with it and the results. And the answer is nothing will change. Just like with Ukraine. Just like with global warming problems. Just like with ethanol. Every stupid thing they do. If there's no firestorm, it will not change. So that's the question. How do we get things to change? So in order to answer this question and to possibly cheer us all up, um, give us a little bit more optimism of how we are making some degree of progress, where we're headed, how do we convert this newfound enlightenment, this new information? Uh, you look at the uptake on the vaccines. Clearly, people get it. But how do we get the policies to reflect that? Where on the one hand, we have something that is poisonous. It needs to be taken off the market. The mRNA needs to be taken off the market. Um, all this stuff needs to be uh, shelved. The people behind it need to be held accountable. Yet we can't even get defensive, don't tase me bro style legislation of, hey, conscience exemption, please, in South Dakota, shot down seven to nothing in committee. How do we bridge that divide? So with us today is someone that it, it, it's it's ridiculous I haven't had him on. I mean, it's almost three years into this. And how do you not have Del Bigtree on the show? I mean, it's just ridiculous, but I'm, I'm atoning for that sin. Um, Del, as you well know, is the host of The High Wire. It's a Thursday afternoon show um, that it's, it's a must listen. If you love the passion and information of this show, um, that's another place where you're going to find – the, the degree of specificity of the facts mixed with the passion and also mixed with the action-oriented, forward-looking way of doing politics, not just to commentate and complain, but actually to get involved. And that's why his day job is um, he is the CEO of Informed Consent Action Network. Unless you're under a rock, you've heard of it, I can. Uh, the head lawyer is Aaron Siri. We've had him on many times. So much of the information that has come out is because of their FOIAs, their legal work. So we're going to get an update on that and so much more. Hey, Dell, I'm sorry I haven't had you on, but I'm glad we're we're rectifying that today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me today. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Sure. So, I mean, you heard my opening there. Um, I'm getting a little bit discouraged that I feel that the first two years of this there was a mass psychosis over the people. The people bought in largely to a lot of this insanity. Um, but now I feel like we're suffering the opposite problem. People want to move on. They don't see 
the biomedical security and surveillance state being expanded and looming. They don't see the RSV shots coming down. To them, it's like, hey, you know, I'm done with the mask. I'm done with the vaccine. Um, I'm not doing it. I'm living my life normally. It feels better than ever because we now appreciate it. So we can't create this firestorm to actually change laws. And I am struggling, I will say. We've gotten a lot of legislation introduced, and I'm working in about 20 different states. But it's shocking at how little we're achieving. So as someone who has dealt with this, what are what's some of your advice based on the successes you're seeing of how we can connect and convert this potential energy to kinetic and, and policy changes? Oh, well, you're right. I mean, for every movement and every change that has to happen in society, apathy is really the greatest enemy. And in the United States of America, we're very comfortable. We have a, live a very comfortable life. And so, you know, for three years, they took that away from us. And that, you know, alerted a lot of people, woke up a lot of people and energized a lot of people. But now that it seems to be in our rearview mirror, we all kind of want to go back to, you know, dreaming about the third car we're going to put in our driveway and, you know, the next house we're going to buy. And as though all of this has gone away and you're absolutely right, we are staring at, you know, a, a crisis and really the end, the end game uh, for both the pharmaceutical industry, the technocratic industries, you know, a Silicon Valley that has sort of made this cabal in both coming together to use things like drugs and especially vaccines as a way to create fear, to create tracking systems that we all sign up to. Um, but I, you know, my understanding, you know, you, you, we've been negative. So what's the positive side? The positive side is the success that we've had, right? We don't have a vaccine passport at the moment in every one of our cell phones. That's a huge success. And I think that it's very important to think about morale as we think about ourselves as a population. Our morale is going to decide, you know, how we pull through this. And they want us to feel demoralized. They want us to believe that we are surrounded by idiots. I grew up uh, as, a, as a, you know, I would call myself a devout liberal Democrat. Um, I am since call myself politically marooned. But when I look back at the philosophy that I really was being trained with, it's that people are too stupid to govern themselves. And I really, truly believe as I look at the Democrat Party, that is a tenant of that party, which is you need bigger government because people are too stupid to take care of themselves. Only we as the people can change that. We've got to remember that it's we the people for the people, by the people, and that these, these government officials are only going to change when enough of us start calling them and standing outside of these state capitals and saying, this is an issue that I, I'm no longer going to let you inject my child with products I have no control over like their farm animals. And that is the case. And I think what the COVID vaccine showed people that it's not just going to be about your kids, it's going to be about you. And I've been saying this for years before we got, got to this pandemic, is that, you know, if you're having trouble having this conversation about vaccines and talking about childhood vaccines, the uptake and how dangerous they may be, just turn the conversation to the adult you're talking to and say, by the way, mandated vaccines are coming for you too. And watch how the conversation changes. I know there's a lot of people have always said, oh, we care more about our kids than anything else. It's not true. We actually care more about ourselves, which is why this COVID vaccine woke up so many people. We have been poisoning our kids. We've been watching a rise in chronic illness that is unprecedented. Yes. We went from 12.8% chronic illness back in the 1980s when we were giving about 11, 10, 11 vaccines 
to now we are at a chronic illness rate above 50%. More than 54% of kids either have a permanent autoimmune disease or neurological disorder. That rise is coterminous with the rise in the amount of vaccines being used, but nobody really cared because it was our children. They couldn't really explain the problems with them. And so many doctors just say, it's not true, it's not happening. They're trying to do that with COVID vaccine, but they're not getting away with it because adults are saying, hey, I was walking last week and now I've tremors so bad in my body I can't walk or I'm in a wheelchair, or I, you know, my husband just died. He was perfectly healthy, had, you know, a blood clot or a swollen heart. All this, we're watching all this happen. And so that's why we're waking up. And so to, you know, there's so much we can talk about today. Wow. But what I want to say is this, we've got to, we've got to focus on the positive, right? The positive is when I started in this conversation with my documentary Vax, which I think a lot of people will credit with sort of really igniting this firestorm around the idea of vaccine injury. That was back in 2016. At that moment, they would say that vaccine hesitancy was somewhere around 10 to 15 percent of parents were starting to really question that, you know, all of the vaccines their children are starting to skip vaccines. Um, and, and maybe two to three percent were not vaccinating at all. And that was the alarm. Well, I believe the pandemic and I predicted there would be a pandemic to try and get adults into a mandated vaccine program to realize that they need to be vaccinated. At that moment, we would see what kind of army we actually had standing for medical freedom. And what we now see is the results of that. 30% of America didn't touch this vaccine. That's huge. That's huge. They needed a 95% uptake. There were 30% of the population that actually knew how to read, looked at the science, said these trials don't look long enough and stood their ground. The other 70% that got it, let's imagine how many of them only got it under duress because they were being threatened that they would lose their job or, you know, or even uh, in some relationships or divorces, lose their child in custody battles. So all of these things affected that 70%. So I think you look at it, we were probably much nearer driven to much nearer to 50% of the population of America being against the vaccine to begin with. Now, when we look at the booster shot, we're at a place where it, they're, they're not getting a 10% uptake in the, the bivalent, you know, um, booster shot, which means that of those that got the vaccine, 90% of them, remember, you're only up for the booster if you got the other one, 90% are going against the CDC recommendation. That means that we are now a political power. We have a movement, but no one will know it if we sit and, you know, mm. quietly complain about it in our house. We have got to start standing with each other at events that are happening at capitals all around this country. We've got to start calling our senators and Congress people when they, and believe me, I know it's hard to do it, but when we contact our representatives, they realize that I'm representing, depending on the size of the, the, the county I'm in, but I could be representing between 10,000 and a million people because people don't call in. So will you, if you want to make a difference in this world, call your senator today, call your congressman today and say, I do not want any mandated product in, by the pharmaceutical industry on my children any longer. I will vote you out if you even think of putting a COVID vaccine into the childhood schedule of the school system in the state that we're in. And by the way, I want you to start giving me, making sure that I have medical freedom to not take any vaccine I don't like. We now have that power, but we're going to have to exert it if we want to make a difference in this and world. That's, but that's a in really our profound now. thought, Daniel. That's a really profound thought because you know, in some ways, because it was so horrific what they did, they pushed so hard and they went one tranche over, another tranche over, that now it's almost like an invading army that that 
you know, bites off more than it could chew and goes unnaturally deep into territory it cannot sustain. Now we could crush them if we if we get together because, you know, I'm I'm a walking example of this. I I never really broached this issue. I I started to get suspicious with the flu shot and all these placards outside the uh, pharmacies over the years. Like, I was like, wait a minute, where is this coming from? But you know, I I largely thought people like you were crazy. Um, the science was beyond us. You never really thought about how the immune system works. And then now that we've gone through this whole saga and we understand the co- the concept of you know wrong classification of immune uh, of of antibodies, autoantibodies, um, suboptimal antibodies, like oh, so that's not so simple. And then what really what you told what you said about adults versus kids, what struck me was that. So once the psychosis lifted, and you're seeing this in the polling data, you're also seeing it with prominent politicians now who are very into the vaccine, certain talk show hosts who are into it, and like, yeah, you know what? I don't feel normal either. I've I've been having problems. And what really ripped my heart out when I thought about that, I was like, wait a minute. Who's to say the baby is not having that either, but you wouldn't know it? You wouldn't know it. So I was always like, I, I listened to arguments like, you know, people like you made. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see it. And now I'm like, oh, that's why I didn't see it. Right. Well, you have to imagine you are now watching the attempt to silence not only the people that are being injured. We see all the died suddenly stories. We see the died suddenly, you know, uh, websites being taken down, the died suddenly, Facebook pages being taken down. We're watching people that have been telling their own personal story of immediate injury from the vaccine being taken down. Our uh, lawsuits and a lot of the work we've done have shown that the Pfizer trial, you know, when you look at Maddie DeGarry, a story of a girl who put herself in the trial, she ends up being paralyzed by it. When we tracked it down through the system, we realized that Pfizer reported it as a stomach ache. Okay, so we're now proving the fraud inside of how trials are done. All of this is now coming, you know, to fruition. Things that we we just we you know we knew it was happening. We had all the eyewitness accounts from all the injured, you know, parents of injured children. But we were the media was so good at saying, "Oh, they're crazy. Those parents have lost their mind. They can't accept the reality that their kid was always going to be autistic. Their kid was always going to have lupus. Their kid was always going to have multiple sclerosis. The rise in ADD, ADHD is just normal. Uh, diabetes through the roof. All that's caused by eating. All of these things." But parents were watching the shift, right? But no one was listening. And if you think about it, it's the same thing. A baby can't tell you really. I mean, I, in my documentary, Vax, you will see babies that are saying, I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. They go and get their MMR vaccine. They have, you know, screaming, crying, which means something's hurting. We now know that to be an encephalopathy. The brain is swelling in their heads. And then the parents describe the slurring words or they're starting to lose their words. And in many cases, the last words they ever heard was, I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. The day they got the vaccine. And now at 20 years old, they've been nonverbal their entire lives. So they regress into this thing. And science is saying, oh, well, no, they were always going to be that way. Not true. It's a regressive disorder. What caused it? And, you know, but the, the, the children can't speak for themselves. Now we have adults that can speak for themselves. And I had said it from the beginning. It's going to be the adult mandated vaccines that will wake up the world because now and especially, especially when Donald Trump said the first order of business is going to make sure that every doctor gets this experimental vaccine. Suddenly, 
all the doctors that have been promoting this vaccine, telling parents they were crazy for saying that they'd heard that their friend's you know, child's autism was caused by vaccine. Oh, that's ridiculous. Well, look what happened all of a sudden when doctors are going to be the first one being forced to take this experimental product with no proper safety trials. All of a sudden, 30% of the doctors around the, uh, the country, including we, when we saw testimony from the CDC, and they were asked how many of the people at the CDC are getting the COVID vaccine, and they said maybe 50%. They asked the FDA, same thing, maybe 50%. Suddenly doctors are saying not just no, but oh, hell no because now their butts are on the line. And so I'll be honest, I don't, I don't have a lot of sympathy for all these doctors that are now talking about the paralysis and all the things that are going wrong and the myocarditis and the fact that they can't work, you know, and the issues that are coming from the vaccine, because frankly, you should have been listening to the parents that were telling me this is happening to their children the whole time. We would never have found ourselves in this position. So I'm glad you're waking up. You know, for some, it's going to be too little, too late. But for the rest of us that are still healthy, we need to make this make a difference because this has been going on for far too long. So this is what's been going on for for a long time. If you look in the future, to me, the biggest threat we have, if I had to do triage, like what's the most important policy? So the COVID shots, again, like you noted, very few people are getting new shots. It's, It's, you know, ground to a trickle. My biggest concern headed forward is we are just a few months away from the mRNA RSV shot coming out. That is coming out. As you well know, that was the original failed uh, vaccine. Even even on the traditional platform, uh, respiratory viral vaccines never work, and they always misfire, create ADE, create immune imprinting, um, and then you throw in the mRNA, the uncontrolled um you know, production of whatever spike or whatever, not spike, but whatever protein they plan on using. My concern is even if we successfully block all mandates of that shot, but unlike COVID, there's this perception that, oh my gosh, your newborn baby, yes, RSV is potentially a big problem to them. And every pediatrician is going to shove this on the kids, how do we scramble? I'm trying to scramble. I've I've gotten bills written in several legislatures to block mRNA shots from being promoted by the health department. Um, you know, we're trying, and we're not not with with much success. What sort of information warfare or activism item do you think we need to get ahead of that so that we're not like the COVID shots, 18 to 24 months later, and like yeah. You know, there's millions of VAERS reports. Yeah, there's this problem, that problem that we can get ahead of it before the damage is done. Well, I mean, again, this still comes down to just the court of public opinion. You know, we have got to tell everyone we know the truth that we know. We've got to stop being worried about it. You know, we will call it an evil empire. These doctors that are looking the other way at all the issues that are coming in, all the heart doctors that are not trying to explain why they have a line out the door, all the oncologists that are now watching, you know, a, a rise in cancer that has never been witnessed before, and then asking, what did society just do recently that would have changed the health outcomes like this? You know, we can't allow that ignorance to be taking place, but the only ones that change it is us, those of us that know the truth, have got to recognize that we are now the majority, but they're going to keep it trying to intimidate us from telling the truth. That's really the only way we change this. And then use tools like you're handing out on your show and that I am at the the high wire. Just last week, Tony Fauci, when he talked about the RSV vaccine, wrote an entire paper about the failure of all vaccines in all upper respiratory issues, including the most recent mRNA vaccine 
for um, COVID. And he's talking about how flu is a failure and RSV is going to be a failure. So here's the guy that sold it, basically saying, whoops, my bad. The product doesn't work. We thought mRNA would do it. And you're right. The future, what people have to recognize is this mRNA technology is really, it, it's, it's going to be the gold rush for the pharmaceutical industry and all of these lunatics that want to play God with our lives. They want to, you know, this isn't just about, there are millions of viruses and bacteria on this planet. And the pharmaceutical industry would like to tell you they're all deadly to you and make you line up for a vaccine for every one of them. This is like no other product there is in the pharmaceutical industry. And I want to make it clear, why vaccine? What is their hard on for vaccines? Sorry to use that, that terminology, yeah. but, you know, why, why are they so addicted to the idea of vaccines? Well, think about it. Let's just look at COVID. In COVID, you had a death rate of 0.35% across the entire population, including the sickest among us, 0.35%. We're talking right around a quarter of 1%. That's just like a flu. Now, would you want to make a product that only the quarter of 1% have to take, like a drug or, you know, or maybe even vitamins, where it heals them and gets them through it, like a hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin? Or, I mean, you could, you could make a product and sell it to a quarter of 1% of the population. Or if you can come up with something you can call a vaccine, you see a vaccine only works if everybody takes it. So now instead of making a product for the quarter of 1%, I need to make it for the 99.75% that are going to have to take the vaccine to protect those, you know, that are in harm's way. And so these products are why they love them. They, they, they have to force everyone to take it in order for it to work. It's the greatest ad campaign in the history of any product. Now, when you look at mRNA and why the governments around the world beckon to their lobbies and the most powerful lobby in Washington being um, the pharmaceutical industry, they bowed down because they poured billions and billions and billions. We watched it before our eyes into these companies. We're never going to get our money back. They're never going to pay us back. We literally funded the mRNA technology because the pharmaceutical industry has a dream that instead of having to grow a virus in an egg or this long-term process of guessing what the future flu shot's going to be and it's a failure every time, what if we could make a vaccine overnight? And that's what mRNA presents to them. We simply get basically the computer code of, the, in this case, it was the spike protein, the worst part of the virus, but the computer code for RSV, you know, and then we wrap it in a fatty lipid, set it in your body, and now your body becomes a manufacturing plant for this brand new virus. If they can do that overnight, that means they can start vaccinating us, not for the 15, you know, bacteria and viruses that are on the planet, but how about a million of yes. them and cash in on every one of them. So this funding went in and it's a total disaster. And lastly, it's doing what the vaccine program has already done. The problem with the RSV vaccine is they're determining its safety based on the safety trials that never happened for the COVID vaccine. This comparator study, you know, where they simply just compared to the last, you know, form of an mRNA vaccine as though that is establishing safety and the RSV vaccine couldn't have any other specific problems that happen in the body is that this is going to be the end of us. I mean, honestly, if we are going, this is what I say to New York Times, Washington Post, anyone that attacks the position I've had, I said, do you really not want to have safety trials? I mean, are, are you under the impression that every safety trial ever done by the pharmaceutical industry is a waste of time? Because they've paid out billions and billions of dollars for wrongly 
killing people. If we continue to let the pharmaceutical industry make brand new products, doing no safety trials, basing their safety on some product that never established its own safety, and then maybe you have an emergency use authorization or some president decides because the pharmaceutical industry tells them that 0.35% is enough to lock down the country and destroy our jobs, then we're going to be forced into the next vaccine program. And by the way, if we keep being forced to take products that aren't going through safety trials, our species is not long for this planet. I assure you, a man-made mistake in a product that was never properly safety tested, forcibly injected into every human on this planet, is more likely to kill us off this planet than any virus that has never achieved that since the dawn of man. Because that is a man-made distortion, um, and we're seeing it again and again. I we're we're almost running out of time. Pharmaceutical here. accidents. Pharmaceutical accidents happen every day. Products are recalled every day. If everyone on the planet had been forced to take one of those deadly products, like we are doing with these vaccine programs, just one accident like that will end it for all of us. We must have choice. Must have choice, and, and that's where the liability issue obviously comes in. The reason these things aren't pulled off the market is because they don't feel uh, a need to. Um, it's not like Honda's airbags. They just had a recall, suspected 30 deaths globally over over about a decade. And here, you know, you have just 35,000 in VAERS alone, which is uh, severely underreported. One question I get from a lot of people, and I'm <clears throat> curious if you have insight into this. So they pushed this so hard beyond, you know, they 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 violated the old adage of quit while you're ahead and they didn't quit while they were ahead so like we've seen people have woken up at least to the point that they don't want it themselves my question is i'm watching their next play and we know they're not slowing down we know they got expedited review from the fda they're done phase three on the rsv shot they got several versions of a flu combo shot coming down they're working on marburg's nipa you name it they're not going to stop this um, so they must know that people are onto this. The concern is, do they have a way of getting around the ultimate consent in the sense of, and let me just give two examples, and this is technology that is talked about that they kind of have, um, self-spreading vaccines that spread like pathogens through the air or putting it in the cattle and the, and, and the food. I know we have legislation in Idaho we're working on to require labeling for that. Uh, do you have any insight into the, those concerns? And then, you know, that's really the end of all informed consent, because even a society that's against it, uh, you don't know if you're getting this. The polio vaccine is being used in Africa and the Middle East is a self-spreading polio vaccine. So this isn't this isn't a mythology. This is not conspiracy theory. The technology already exists. It's already used, and it's the way that they, they, they design vaccines. They can't get to everybody in Africa, so they create a vaccine that can be shed and spread amongst other people in villages you couldn't get to so that, that that immunity can be spread. That was the idea. Only one problem. The virus is coming back to life inside of this vaccine, inside of these people, and now we are seeing outbreaks of polio all around the world being caused by the vaccine. How do we know that? because it is literally described as vaccine strain polio. These people are playing God, they're playing with science, and they're making massive mistakes. That virus, that polio virus, that vaccine strain, has now been reported in New York City in the water systems there. 
I will also point out that another problem we have is we are using a different polio vaccine in the United States of America that doesn't actually stop transmission, which is something they've admitted about the COVID vaccine. This means people are going to be infected with polio. They won't die because they won't get the symptoms, but they'll be spreading it to everyone around them, including that brand new baby that's probably too young to get a vaccine. So all of these, this is nature now swinging out of balance. These people are out of control and they're making a serious disaster out of everything. Now imagine a self-spreading smallpox vaccine or a self-spreading Marburg's vaccine bleeding from, you know, orifices in your body. What happens if that comes back to life? What happens if they blow it and that vaccine doesn't work the same way polio is? And now you're causing the very viral problems. You are causing very, you know, virus outbreaks by your man-made approach. And you're right. They are talking about atomizing vaccines in the air, like chemtrails, spraying them from planes, putting them in mosquitoes so when you get bit by a mosquito, you're actually getting a vaccine. And now you see the insanity. And what are these vaccines? They're just a lab-created virus, some form of a dead virus. And this is where this starts to get biblical. You have scientists that are going to be releasing viruses upon us that they've made in order to protect us from the natural viruses. <laughs> they believe their viruses are better for us than God's viruses. And that, to me, then you get back to Old Testament, you know, where you, you look at the Garden of Eden, you know, and do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Never believe that you are better at this than I am. Never believe that you understand the balance of nature, the way nature yep. does itself. This is really, really dangerous stuff. And these lunatics have got to be stopped. Only people standing up for their rights now. And, and it's really simple. Just demand your right to have, you know, first of all, to not be injected with any product you don't control. And we want anything that is ever going to be atomized in the air, put in mosquitoes, to have to go through our Senate and Congress yes. and get total sign off from them. Not a president, not an executive order, because I don't think we'll ever have that many stupid politicians that we can't at least say, hey, can we have a choice here? Can we not, you know, try to play God with a deadly virus? I mean, again, this is not just a biomedical security state. What you're describing is biomedical terrorism, um, where they're literally yes. creating the pathogens. They're creating the deadly, uh, you know, solutions, which are are really the problem. And it to me, it's just amazing watching this. It's like not dealing with box cutters on planes after 9-11. So we have this, and right. we still have not audited all the activities of DARPA, the Chemical and Biologics Defense Program, what exactly they're doing. And they, they brag, like, yeah, warp speed was awesome. We're going to replicate this. we got to get ahead of it. We're, we're pretty much out of time. Can you just describe a little bit of uh, just you know some of your cutting-edge projects you're working on legally at ICANN and how people could get involved? Well, I mean, look, if you go to ICANDecide.org, we have a dashboard. One of the biggest lawsuit wins we've had is we won the data from the CDC called um, the vaccine um, safety. No, hold on. What's it called? V-Safe. The V-Safe data that was yes. designed as an app designed just to track the COVID vaccine. That data right there will scare the hell out of you. We now realize that nearly 30% of people that were in the program, 10 million people, not the 30,000 in the trials, not the 45,000. We now have the data of 10 million people that got the vaccine. And what it's showing us is that nearly 8% needed hospitalization or medical care after the vaccination from what happened to them. Another 25% could not perform daily activities or go to work or school. That means nearly 30% of those that received the vaccine 
could not perform daily functions. And so when we are told this vaccine is making us healthier so that we could stay in work, the opposite is true. And that's just the beginning of the mount of what we're uh, uncovering there. We are going to continue to fight. Where ICANN's focus now is to make sure that every single state maintains or gets back their religious exemption. We have some very, very interesting lawsuits going on that so that you will always be able to opt out of this program. But that's just a Band-Aid to the bigger issue we're working on, which is to bring down all vaccine mandates. All mandates. A recent Iowa... Iowa polls just showed that only 34% of voters in Iowa believe vaccines should be mandated any longer. That is a huge jump in the right direction, down from nearly, I think, 60% prior to COVID believing vaccines should be mandated. Our children are not farm animals. We are not farm animals. We've got to start fighting for our rights to have full control over what goes into our body, what's both in what we eat and what we're injected with. If we don't have that control, then we just we have the same rights as farm animals. So we're going at religious exemption. And lastly, I think the most important thing to talk to all of our politicians about is bringing down the 1986 vaccine injury compensation program that gives this liability protection to the pharmaceutical industry. I honestly think I could walk away from this work and get on to making movies and other things that I wanted to do with my life if we could put liability back on the manufacturer. Let the market forces the ability to yep. sue decide whether a product is worthy to be on the market. And I assure you, you will watch that vaccine program all but disappear because they will know now we're liable. Think about it. They say vaccine injury is one in a million. Really, if it's just one in a million and you're making tens of billions of dollars, <laughs> I'm sure you can afford that one in a million lawsuit. So why don't you take the liability back on yourself? Let's see what happens then. I think that that's the biggest shift that could happen. And I think especially every uh, Republican understands free market forces. Hopefully we can get more Democrats to understand that. Let the free market forces that affect every other product we take affect the pharmaceutical industry and their vaccine program. I want vaccines treated just like drugs. I want to sue a vaccine manufacturer the same way I can sue for Vioxx and talcum baby powder, which we now know was causing cancer, you know, for decades. And they knew it. We need the ability to sue so we can shut down products that are not working for our best interests. Liability and no mandates. That's that's where it's at. Look, in West Virginia, we just failed to uh, get a discharge petition on um, getting reinserted that religious exemption is one of only two states that have none. It's shocking, but we're going to try again. It's still bottled up in committee. I actually sent Jimmy, I sent him the language of our constitutional amendment. We're pushing in all state constitutions. It's a lot easier to amend the state constitution than the federal constitution um, to ensure Smarter, that- too, by the way. Smarter. We must, we really should handle this at state levels. Yes. Federal yes. levels, pharmaceutical industries there that can manipulate your language, and then all of a sudden you did the exact opposite. You opened up Pandora's box, and now you have a federal law you can't get around. Much smarter to deal with these things on the state level. Decentralize it. I really look forward yeah. to working with you. I can decide. That's where it's at. Thanks so much for your work, and looking forward to having you back again. All right. I'm looking forward to it, too. Take, Take care. care. So that is the one and only Del Big Tree. Um, wow, there's no one quite like him, and it must have been maddening because I'm I'm so mad now, screaming from the rooftops. But there's people who are doing it a lot longer than me, and even the most minimal claims they're making that we have already proven, and even if they're wrong about the other seventy percent, the fact that we are taking all of these things and jabbing every kid born, almost every kid born is a crime based on what we know already from a number of these shots. So an interesting insight there is now the time to say, wait a minute, you walked into the wrong bar, buddy. 
you stepped over the line, and this time we're coming for all of your stuff. This time we're going to come for your longstanding garbage. We're going to collapse all of it. And that's the thing. Liability and and exemptions, not just exemptions, but um, ending mandates need to go on all of it. Now, to be ca- to be clear, when you're fighting in a legislature, if you can't get, you know, 100%, you go for 70, then you go for 50. I mean, you get what you can, and sometimes we can only do COVID stuff for now, but we should continue fighting for the broader thing. It's a real interesting insight he had that this thing only boiled over from a fringe movement to has gone pretty much most conservatives now are suspicious in the entire country of this uh, because it affected adults. And we just, you know, we didn't care. We didn't care. This is what you do. You just take a baby and one after another, it's all good. It's all good. But it's not all good. Um, What he is describing, I mean, this is not in the future. I mean, the polio stuff is real. Everywhere you have a vaccine program turn up, you have a virus suddenly turn up. We talked about Marburg's is appearing in Guinea. Really? I mean, all of a sudden... It's bioterrorism. It is shocking how we walk away from this. <laughs> you listen to his presentation. I mean, there's so much more where it came from. You will understand why you cannot move on from this issue. That's why we have Rise of the Fourth Reich. And by the way, one of the, our items on there is so we don't just play catch up, but we get ahead of things. I, I We need to ban, criminalize in every state the concept of a self-spreading vaccine and call and and provide a civil and criminal cause of action to sue anyone making a self-spreading vaccine. You see the power of human beings, the power of evil. There's also the power of good. If you think about it. It says, "Ooh, this is I believe Psalm 8." You have made him, meaning man, the power of man, slightly less than the angels, meaning almost like an angel. And you have crowned him with glory and majesty. You give him dominion over the work of your hands. You have placed everything beneath his feet, flocks and cattle, all of them, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, right? King David is is exclaiming, the amazing nature of what God gave us with our free will. I mean, look at look at what has been done. Look at what you can do. And notice it's dominion over animals. But you can misuse your free will and, and exercise that same degree, like he said, farm animals over human beings as well. I mean, you look at the power of what they've done to us, what they're continuing to do to us. It's unreal. And then the psalm ends ends off, O Lord, our master, how mighty, well, you would think it would say, how mighty is the power of humankind. No, it says, how mighty is your name in all the earth? Well, but we just described the elevated glorified status of, of a human. But it's the ultimate demonstration of God's might, the fact that God could cede all that power to humanity without actually ceding it. Meaning, he is so strong and all-encompassing that he could give us this much power willingly, and it still doesn't mess up his design. And that's an unbelievable thought. 
And I think the lesson from that is why? Because he created people with free will and they could do so much evil and destruction. Now, ultimately, God has to will that destruction. If God doesn't will it, it ain't happening despite what, you know, what, what their free will is. But my belief is that commensurate with how much we are willing to use our inclination for good to combat evil is how much God will bless our efforts and shield us from their evil plans. But you got to do it. Because if you don't, you're showing you don't care. You're showing you don't, you don't have a heart to fight that evil. Well, it's much less likely that God's going to intervene against that free will that he gave over to man. And that's the juncture we're at. The opportunity is there. It's an amazing thing. This has been the lie of the century to alter God's immunological ecosystem, alter the immunology of the human being for something that we now know. You can't, you can't replicate what God gave you. The right class and type and amount and location of antibodies Antibodies are are destructive. They're 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 a very potent force. Okay, it's like saying I'm just going to shoot up a building. Well, you want to shoot the bad guy, but you can't shoot anything else. You have to be precise. God made it precise. Suddenly we have all these allergies and autoimmune diseases. Why? Well, now I think we've learned all this stuff we understand. So again, conaction.network to join one of our legislative strike force teams. Um, make sure if you haven't purchased the book yet, purchase one, purchase one for a legislator, get this to as many people as possible. Um, if you know a wealthy donor willing to fund, you know, one state legislative chamber to, to, to purchase it for 30, 50, you know, Republican members in a, in a Republican controlled legislature, let me know. Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. Um, again, please give us a five-star review on Amazon for the book as well as the show on iTunes. Um, one more thing also, I mean, you got to be prepared for treatment. So we do have from early treatment, earlytreatmentmeds.com. If you go there, you can get a prescription. Promo code Daniel for 50% off. You can get um, an array of you know ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, active form D, all these things that tend to work to varying degrees for all sorts of viruses. Have it on the shelf before you can no longer have it. And then also one more public service announcement. Uh, we got Jason Whitlock. He's our fearless man at The Blaze. Godly man, fearless man. He's actually holding an event. He's organizing Fearless Army Roll Call. It's an all-day event um, to encourage men to put on the full armor of God and take a stand against evil in the decadent American culture. It's a, basically a conference he's putting on in Nashville, April 15th. So if you go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com, fearlessarmyrollcall.com, very interesting. You could reserve your spot there. Um, and I have to find out, because that's in Nashville, April 15th, Steve's screening of his of his nefarious plot might, I don't know for sure, might also be in Nashville around the same time. So we'll see if we could coordinate it. But um, if you want to know how to be a better f husband, father, 
um, fighter. Again, it will be uplifting, entertainment, inspiring. Fearless, armyrollcall.com. Reserve your spot today with Jason Whitlock. Folks, we got a lot to digest. Listen to this show over. Give it to every one of your friends and relatives and neighbors and coworkers. Till tomorrow, God bless you all. May God keep us safe. See you tomorrow. <laughs>